Hello and welcome to the first ever Women's National League podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Clark, and coming up in the next 65 minutes, I'll be joined by Republic of Ireland and Sunderland forward Stephanie Roach, who will discuss New Ireland manager Colin Bell's impact on the side. She will also be speaking about the upcoming internationals, as well as life at Sunderland. I'll also be joined in the programme by Wexford youth forward Rihanna Jarrett, who will outline her recovery from a third ACL injury, as well as talking all things Wexford and rekindling her love for the famous under-17 side that made it all the way to the World Cup quarterfinals in 2010. For our final featured interview on the show, we'll be joined by Oakland University's goalkeeper Nadine Ryan, who will discuss life in America, the famous Shelburne under-18 side which made it all the way to the cup semi-final before losing 4-0 to Shelburne FC and missing out on the under-19s elites last month. Finally, on the programme, we will feature post-match interviews from Billy Cleary of Galway WFC and P-Mount United's James O'Callaghan. New manager coming to Ireland this season, very different to what you would have been used to? Um, I think so, to a certain degree. I think, obviously, the way we play with the Irish team has always been similar over the years. And I think Colin has a new philosophy coming in. And I think he obviously brings a lot of experience and he's won things at a very high level. So he's definitely got, I suppose, a good pedigree coming into us. And a lot of us respect that. And I think I'm really looking forward to to getting going with the qualifiers now because the last few games in the Cyprus Cup was excellent and he seems to, to have a, a good style of play and wants us to do the right thing so I'm, I'm very excited to, to work with him It wasn't a managerial appointment that many people expected though Yeah I think obviously over the years it's always been people that we kind of I suppose knew about people that have been involved in women's football in Ireland for a long time or whatever and I think um, it was kind of just the fact that he came from from Germany, I suppose, came from a cl- having won the Champions League with Frankfurt. I think that's just something that that stuck out for me anyway. To see someone with that pedigree being signed by the FBI was was a brilliant step in the right direction, in my opinion. And the fact that he's actually the first full-time Ireland senior women's international manager, whereas Sue Ronan would have been working in other departments in the FBI, that's another step forward. Yeah, definitely. I think Sue... To be fair to her, done the best at what she could. Obviously, she had to juggle a lot of things with with her role as a in the FBI as other jobs as well. So I think um, to have Colin in now as a full time and be able to focus on the team in a full time role is something that will definitely benefit us. We've seen that he's travelled to a lot of the underage games and stuff as well abroad, which is good to be able to see the young talent that's coming through at it. I suppose like at the games and be able to see them matches live is, is something that will be good for us in the future because there'll be players that hopefully will be able to step up the senior level soon enough and he's also getting out to watch quite a lot of women's national league games which is important as well yeah i think obviously you've seen the squad i don't know if it's been released just yet we just got the squad list today and there's a few new players in from the women's national league which is obviously great to see we want to see the irish league growing and and hopefully the experience within the women's team will help those players go back to their clubs and bring a and add a bit of quality to the women's national league as well you've really made an impact though under colin you've started quite a lot of games and started scoring goals that's regularly that must be pleasing yeah definitely I think I'm really happy because Collins came in obviously when a new manager comes in you obviously know that you have to to prove yourself all over again and I just I just try to work hard in Cyprus and show what I could do and and thankfully Collins seems to want to use me for what I'm good at he's he's asked me to do I suppose the things that I know I can do well and he seems to know me as a player which is nice as a coach to or as a player to have a coach come in and and work with you on what you're good at is something that I suppose gives me great confidence because it shows that he believes in what I can do and obviously as an individual and as a team as player of players having a manager coming in and, and doing that well every individual player is something that I have to respect as a manager and I'm, I'm just happy that as I said I can do or I'm being given the, the opportunity to show what I can do and, and hopefully that can continue for a few more years He's a very vocal coach on the sidelines though isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he is. I think, obviously, before the games, we all know exactly what he wants from us. And I think he's he's very quick to let us know that's slipping throughout the game. And I think it's something that's important as well, because obviously we want to go into every game wanting to win. And having a manager that has that kind of enthusiasm is always very good. Coming off the last campaign, I was extremely disappointed to be out of it coming, into the, coming towards the, the business end of the campaign. It must have been. Yeah, definitely. I think over the last few years, we've, we've kind of hemmed and hard and we've kind of got close every now and again but I do think that with the squad of players that we have I think we've we've got to be disappointed that we haven't qualified over the last few years of the European Championships and the World Cup qualifiers because I think we've had some very good groups and we haven't got out of them and obviously with this new, or this new uh, qualifying, 
qualification campaign coming up we have to be confident that we can get out and I do believe with the players that we have and the players that are coming through that we have enough talent to do that so I'm just really looking forward to the next campaign and hopefully putting the disappointment of the last few behind us The 2013 campaign in particular is one that stands out for me you were the only side in Palace Stadium to take goals off the Germans and you actually were one of the goal scorers that day Yeah, I think obviously that was one of the most heartbreaking games we've ever been involved and obviously to come off the bench and score the goal and for the girls to keep it the way it was for the 90 minutes was just was incredible I think they scored we scored in like the 85th or 6th minute and then they scored the winner a couple of minutes later so it was I suppose a whirlwind of emotions all in one game and it was it was difficult to take but we did show that we could compete against the highest level and I think it was just that step too far for us maybe and with them getting that third goal but um, yeah it was a great experience and obviously we would have liked to have finished it off and as I said coming into this campaign I'm hoping that we'll be able to, to see games like that out and not give away last minute goals and stuff like that so it's something that we have to work on and as I said I think this campaign is something that we we need to, to really kind of impact or sorry put our uh, stamp on it and make sure that we win the games knowing that we can compete it's not an easy group though with the likes of Norway the Netherlands you've Northern Ireland and then Slovakia in your group it's, a, it's quite a tough group isn't it? Yeah it is I think Norway obviously have come on a lot in the last few years same with the Netherlands but I do think that they're teams that we can compete with I think we've come on quite a bit I think I've said before we have tremendous talent without or within the squad obviously with the players who have been around for years who who really really want to qualify and, and I think we'll put everything into it and then we have the young talent coming through who I suppose can bring a different element to it as well so I do think that we have enough in our squads and the players that haven't been picked even who are in around the squads the last few years to be able to compete with these teams because we, at the end of the day we need to be able to, to play against these teams if we're ever going to qualify so I think any group we were going to get was going to be difficult but as I said we have to be confident going into every game that we can get a result Sue Rowland's last game against the Basque Country was Ireland's first friendly at home for quite a a number of years it's great to see that you've already you've played one at home this season already and you have another one lined up soon yeah I think it's important because in fairness to Colin we only had he only had they really the first, his first game was straight into the Cyprus Cup he didn't have a lot of time with us and in saying that he, he got his message across quite quickly and we done quite well on the Cyprus Cup but I think coming into the qualifiers is going to be a different a different element I think um, we need to be prepared for it and having these qual- or these friendlies before the qualifiers is definitely going to be beneficial to us because it will get us into the right shape and the right, fr- right frame of mind of what Colin actually wants from us and, and how we can go into game one or hopefully winning coming out winning Iceland and Scotland are quite are two good tests though aren't they? Yeah definitely I think we played uh, obviously Scotland in the last, a few campaigns ago and I was I think Iceland was my first uh, my first competitive cap as well back when we got to the playoffs in an old king they're obviously a very good team and I think Scotland will bring a, a different kind of I suppose test as well in July so it's it's good games to come up I think the games that we have coming up on our qualifiers are probably going to be quite similar to those two teams as well so it's, it's just nice to have that um, I suppose preparation before the qualification qualification campaign starts the home the home fixtures they also give you quite a, a great opportunity to make a connection with the fans and we've seen that you're probably one of the most popular players amongst the supporters all the kids seem to want selfies autographs <laughs> they want everything signed off you yeah obviously I think we know what that is I think obviously with the whole Puskas thing it got me it put me out there quite a lot but I think a lot of the girls in the team are really happy to, that we have fans coming to the games and we do like to encourage first our fans to come back so you'll see every player after the game goes over to the fans and I like to try and interact with them because I think it's important that especially with with the games maybe coming as you said before we haven't had a lot of friendlies before now but having a few friendlies in, in Tallinn Stadium being able to encourage people to come back and watch us in the next one is something important I think it's something that we as players like to try and help out with but um, we're just happy to to speak to the fans after the game and obviously encourage young girls and whoever's at the game to try and to try and get involved in the women's game and, and keep coming back and supporting us so it's it's not a big issue for any of us to go over to the fans after the game it's something that we're all happy to do it's great to see there's so many young little girls that are there and they're all they know all the players names like it wouldn't have been maybe years ago you would have seen them going abroad to watch games where they would have been going to watch the likes of Manchester United now they're happy to come watch the likes of yourself play in Tallis Stadium which is it must be extremely pleasing yeah, I think obviously women's football in Ireland has grown a lot over the last few years and we just hope that it can continue to grow and 
I think it's it's only uh, it's only natural that success is going to bring that. So I think if we start winning games at Tallaght Stadium, we start playing exciting football, people are going to want to come and watch us. And over the last few years, we've had numbers grow and wanting to come and see the games. And hopefully, it can get into to other people. I mean, football is huge in Ireland. It's not just young girls who we want to come and watch our games. We want men, women, children, anybody who wants to watch football to come and support us. I mean, we're playing for a country and we want to do well. And obviously, having that support behind us will definitely push us through even more. It's mad to think, though, that it's three and a half years since you actually scored that goal that you were talking about. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, life must be so different. <laughs> life must have changed completely from that day, did it? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's it's been, it was kind of a whirlwind at the time. And it's only really looking back now that you think about everything that happened and the people that you've met along the way and, and how it took off. It, it was, it really was, it was an unbelievable experience for me. And I think the support that I got off people in Ireland was just, it was fantastic. And I think it, it just shows that a lot of people in Ireland are happy to see anybody who's Irish do well in whatever they do. And I was just happy to be able to represent women's football and, and Ireland as a sport. And, and I'm just, as I said, I was really happy with, with the reaction that it got. It was very very proud moment for me and for my family but obviously now I've moved on from that and I want to just continue to do well and, and not just be about that goal <laughs> it, it's mad to say it's mad to admit this but that was the first time I actually learned that Ireland had a women's national league see there you go it's, it's all down to me is it <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast is all down to me is what you're telling me is it <laughs> well, well like it's mad to think like even from that from that stage on like I start following the game and that's when I start realising oh wait there's teams local to me yeah, you know that's I mean? it. And I think that's what's, what was important for me as well. And like I've said that all along through everything that was happening, I was just happy to be able to try and pro- promote women's football now because there's been goals scored in the league that no one would ever have ever known about. Obviously, I was quite lucky that the goal I scored was recorded and only, I think, a handful of people were actually at the game. But obviously, I got lucky and a lot of people got to see the goal and it got to where it went. But I do believe that there's talent in Ireland and the Women's National League definitely has... Um, has the if if bright future if if the right procedures are put in place and and the girls are treated right because I do think that there's talent there and hopefully in the next few years if I decide to come home that there's going to be a good league in place for me to be able to play into because I really do believe that we have the talent and we have the um the ability to do well and have a good league. Have you been following much of the league while you've been away? Yeah, I watch it quite a bit. I'd, obviously, I'd, I'd watch a couple of the, the games, obviously, through RTE when it was on the the finals and stuff. And if not, I'll follow it on Twitter a lot. So I've, I've definitely kept in touch with it. And obviously, I've got a lot of friends who still play in the league. So it's, I'd be speaking to them regularly as well. So I would follow it quite a bit. I think it's fair to say that this, this season's probably going to be the most competitive they could have only one of six teams beating each other on a day, which is great. And as you, because when you look back when you were playing the league, it was probably nearly a two horse race between Pima and Rahini. Yeah, I think obviously the same result there with Cork beat. Was it Shelburne to beat one now? They beat, beat Cork beat Wexford last weekend and then UCD beat Galway yesterday. Yeah, so I've seen there's a few results. Obviously, when I started off, I think Cork were, you could see they always had kind of good players in the squad and always had, like, obviously they had Denise Sullivan, Claire Shine. They have players who, who you knew had the ability to do things, but their teams just didn't seem to kind of have, I suppose, a good squad, whereas now they're kind of being able to build a good squad of young players. And it's great to see that they're able to compete with the, the teams that, as you said, would have been running away with the league a few years ago. So it's, it's just nice to see that there's a bit of... Uh, competitiveness in the league I think start of the year I've seen Shelbourne signing every player <laughs> possible so I was kind of getting worried about the competitiveness of the league but obviously uh, it seems to be uh, getting better and I'm just happy to see that because there's no, no one really wants to see that or I suppose as a player playing in the league you don't want to be going into maybe one or two games knowing you're going to get a good game you want to go into every game knowing that's going to be a good battle and you're going to be able to test yourself so it's, it's good to see that's, that's one thing that we've noticed a lot, quite a lot in England especially with the Super League even the both divisions that games are very competitive yeah it's I mean being over here has taught me a lot I think um, you can't go into any game expecting anything you can't you can go into a game against Arsenal thinking you're going to get hammered or you can you have to go in well prepared you know like I know you can't go into a game kind of being I suppose half arsed you have to give it your all in every game and that's something that I like about it because um, 
it just tests you at every level, every game you play, you know, you're going to have a hard, a tough test. And I think that's something that we need to bring to the Women's National League in Ireland. And it seems to be happening this year, which I'm happy to see. I spoke to you prior to the Finland game, the first game of the qualifiers for the Euros. And one thing you said to me is that after the, the move to Houston didn't work out and the, the triple, the short spell in France, you said you had to, when you went to Sunderland, you had to prove to yourself that you could play at that level. Do you feel you've done that? Yeah, I think so. I think, obviously... You always have disappointments as a footballer. I think I've suppose had a whirlwind with everything that happened with the goal. Where I suppose all the opportunities that came my way, I kind of I didn't really know what, what decisions to be making, and it was kind of as I said a whirlwind, and and things didn't work out in certain places. But coming here, I just kind of tried to I suppose settle down and just concentrate on football. I had a lot of stuff that I was asked to do at home in terms of of media work and, and stuff like that and TV stuff but I just really wanted to put off all that so I could go back to concentrating on football and I'm thankful I've been able to do that I think my role has kind of changed at Sunderland more recently I've been playing left wing back which is something that is a new position to me but it's something that I'm I'm happy to be able to say that I've, I've done quite well at so far and it's a different test to me but at the same time it's making me a better player all around and I'm just hoping that Come September when we have the Irish qualification or qualifiers, that it's gonna it's gonna stand to me and I'll be able to I suppose do well for Ireland because overall that's for me the main aim at the minute. It's mad that you say you've been playing left back quite a bit recently. Because <laughs> one year one of your good friends in the Ireland squad, Anya Gorman, went from playing up front to playing right wing back. <laughs> oh no, yeah, she was be contagious, which is something we caught off her in the Irish team. But yeah, to be honest with you, it's something that we've changed the formation this year. We've gone three five two and. I was only put. I started off playing up front, obviously, but um, our left wing back got injured, so I was kind of obviously a left footer and gave a bit of balance to the five in midfield. And I'm happy enough to play there as long as I'm playing. And as I said, it's keeping me fit as well, which will get me ready for the games for Ireland. So I just kind of I'm happy to be, as I said, playing in one of the best leagues in the world and, and, and competing at a high level. We've seen earlier in the season that um, Sunderland announced that they were going to go back part time. That must have been a bit disappointing, was it? Yeah, I think it was something that none of us expected. I remember going into the meeting in January and we all genuinely felt that we were going to be given news, but we thought the news was going to be that we were going to go full-time because we kind of all agreed the part-time, full-time regime didn't really work last year. We've seen how the season went for us. It was a bad season for us and we kind of put it down to that because it's, it's difficult trying to, I suppose, accommodate players who are, are working full-time and then players who are trying to play football full-time. So... When we went into the meeting and we thought we were going part-time, it was, it was very difficult to take. I think a lot of us in the room didn't really know what was going to happen, whether we were going to stay playing. Um, I had a contract. My contract is still up, isn't up until December 17. So I was like, what am I going to do? Like, What can we do if, if half the team leave and we don't have a team? Like, It was, it was, it was a difficult time because, as I said, I put everything into football. I've, I've wanted to to build my life around football I've got my own apartment here I've everything sorted out and when that happened it was like Jesus is this all over again something, something's going to go wrong there must be something with me everything I touch seems to go bad you know that kind of way but thankfully um, I spoke to the chairwoman I spoke to a few of the girls here and we have a few girls that were still signed and everybody here that was still signed wanted to, to work hard to make sure that the professionalism of the club didn't slip and that it still maintained a, a full-time I suppose, mentality with the part-time players involved. And I think it's, in fairness, it's worked well this year. We've we've really uh, turned things around. I think with Mel coming in, as it was our assistant last year, she's come in as full-time manager and she's got us in as full-time players. We've got a lot of players who are on part-time contracts but basically playing as full-time players. We train a lot. We're in three to nine most days. It's not, it's not a part-time... Uh, I suppose gig at all if, if you think about it but um, I'm just happy that it's worked out because obviously when you're told that it's going part time you think the worst and as I said I think the players that are here are, are, I suppose are credit to themselves because we've made sure that it hasn't hasn't become a part time mentality it's still a professional professionally run club and, and we're still doing our best to make sure that everybody is giving their all towards Towards competing at the highest level in the league, we've seen like what happened with the Louise Quinn recently when she was when she was at Notts County. Notts County, yeah. when they went bust out of nowhere, it just seems like is it that it's not financially viable for some of the clubs just to go professional? Um, I, I can't really speak. I know Notts County was kind of a strange one because obviously they came from being Lincoln City. I think they've kind of been passed around a little bit, and it was it was disappointing, especially when you see players 
who I know, who I'm friendly with, like Louise, who has just signed the contract and believes that she's going to play for that club for the year to be told out of the blue that you're not going to have a club to play for. It's it's difficult to take, especially when you've got players who it's their living, it's their it's their, uh, their way of life, if you know what I mean. So it's not nice to see, but I really don't know what the ins and outs are behind what happened with Notts County, but it's, it's not nice to see clubs falling apart and hopefully doesn't happen to any more teams in the near future because I think the future of women's football is, is at stake and that's going to keep happening. Like you, you see over there, BT Sports on the television deal as well, and BBC are starting to show games in a red button. Like, there's a real appetite for the women's game over there. Yeah, it's definitely built. I think obviously England doing well in the World Cup, um, that definitely I suppose opened people's eyes over here that women's football can can be entertaining to watch, and it's 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 definitely built more of a reputation for the game. And as you say, with BT and BBC showing a lot more of the games, and even like BBC Radio Five will show. Or will uh, do commentary on games and stuff. So there's definitely a lot of interest in the games now, which is nice to see. And, and obviously, it's only in the spring series now, which is kind of, I suppose, a friendly tournament, really, because teams are only trying to get themselves in shape for the league. But hopefully, when the league starts now, there'll be more more interest, and we can try and keep on promoting the women's game here. Just you spoke about your contract is up in December. Will they have to give you a new contract, or else let you go halfway through the season? You don't know the um, season's been contracts being up middle midway through the season. Yeah, I think obviously it's because the the seasons have switched. I signed my contract there two and a half years ago now, so obviously with the season being changed from summer to winter league, there's a lot of players in that position. I think a lot of players' contracts are up in December, so it's just going to come down to, I suppose, speaking to the club before the season starts or, or trying to get sorted before the season starts, because obviously as a player you want to know where you are before you get started in the season. No one wants to, to finish and leave a club happy through the season, so I'll have to speak to the chairwoman and see where I can go from 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 there before the season starts. We've seen over here that um, football has changed from winter football to summer football, but you're going back to winter football over in the UK. Yeah, I know. It seems to be a bit of a strange one because I think both of them seem to say that it's for the international teams, whereas they're both doing the opposite thing to each other. So I really can't understand it, to be honest. But, uh, Obviously, as a player, you just have to get on with whatever way you're told to play. You have to play in the in the season, so you just have to deal with it, really. <laughs> is there much of a, a difference, though, com- compared to pe- competitiveness with the Spring Series compared to the actual WSL? Because no team knows, there's no Champions League place or there's no relegation available. Yeah, I think, as I said before there, I think it's it's a lot of... A lot of teams, I suppose, opportunity to try and test things that maybe they wouldn't try in, in a league where they have the, I suppose, chance of being relegated or a chance of missing out on Champions League spots or whatever. So I think it's just a chance for, for teams to be able to experiment different things and, and look at different players in different positions, etc. So like I think it's just, as I said before, like a warm-up to the season rather than than an actual season. Obviously, every team wants to win the games and stuff like that, but I think most managers will have in their mind that the, the actual season is the most important thing. So I think the Spring Series is just being used in preparation for that. The likes of Christian Dunn, Heather O'Reilly and Carly Lloyd have really brought a lot of attention to the WSL, haven't they? Yeah, obviously, they're, they're all very good players, particularly Carly Lloyd. I think she's obviously the, one of the best players in the, in the world and has shown... <laughs> the pedigree and the level that she has to bring to the team or to bring to Man City so it's it's only good for the league to be able to attract players like that to, to play here so it's it's obviously going to be good for, for the league overall I think I read earlier on I don't think you're going to get to play against her because she got a straight red card at the weekend and which means she'll be out for three games I'm happy to hear that <laughs> <laughs> I know obviously you don't want to see people missing games but obviously coming to play us we, we, we know they're going to be a tough test and, and hopefully not having their best players will help us out and, and maybe we can get something from them Just finally a little bit about what happened recently with Ireland um, were you glad to see the, in a way to see the media exposure you got for, with, from your press conference and were you a bit disappointed that I had to come to that level? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think all of us didn't really know what way it was going to go when we brought it, brought it public. We didn't know where people going to be like, I suppose, where they given out about. Like, obviously, we weren't being divas in what we were asking for, but it was just great to see that, I suppose, the public and the press did take our side and kind of understood where we were coming from and, and kind of backed us a little bit. It was, it was something that none of us wanted to do. I think we said that all along. It was something that we felt that as as footballers and as international players, it was something that was needed to do to bring us to the next level. And I've said already as well, it's definitely brought more pressure on us because we know now that we've got what we needed and what we said we needed to try and push forward. And now it's up to us to be able to do that. Just if you look back on it, it must have been um, 
or like for yourself, there's like yourself, Emma Bourne, Arnie O'Gorman front front loading the press conference. But the deal itself, most of the stuff isn't actually gonna benefit the likes of yourselves. It's gonna be the next generation of Ireland footballers. Well, I think that's that's what it was more about, to be honest with you. I think a lot of us have played for Ireland for a long time, and I think the Irish mentality is that we just get on with things. And I think if we're to continue to do that, I don't think any of the young players that come up would have any sort of, uh, I suppose, ball to be able to do it either. So we knew that it was now or never type of thing, and it definitely is for the future of women's football. And as I said, I'm just glad that it was all sorted, and, and hopefully... As I said, we can kind of push on now, and the pressure is on us to be able to to prove that we've got all we need to, or we so we've got our tools now to be able to go and do what we need to do and qualify for a, a final tournament. I can't leave you without asking about the um, article that was in one of the Irish newspapers recently, where you posted an image of your teammates on social media, <laughs> and all of a sudden the newspapers pick it up. I know, yeah, I couldn't believe it. It's, uh, it's just, I just, as I said, put up a photo, and it was like. Uh, I just talk, try to think of a funny caption. Obviously, uh, the, the papers kind of uh, clicked onto it and it got a bit of a reaction. Yeah, it was just something that I thought was funny to put up. And as I said, you have to be careful what you put up on social media because it can be taken out of context sometimes. But I think it was taken in a lighthearted way, which is nice to see. So it's just uh, it's something that I'm still not used to with papers taking stuff from my social media because a few years ago, no one even knew about my social media pages. So it's a... Uh, it's a new thing for me, and I just kind of suppose have to be careful. <laughs> like if you just look at Twitter and Facebook alone, you've over forty-five thousand people on social media. Oh no, it's crazy! It really is mad to think because before, I suppose the fuskest thing and everything, I wouldn't have probably even used Twitter that much, and now obviously it's a big part of uh, of well, football and I suppose of the marketing side of things as well. It's definitely helped me with with certain things, so I'm just happy. That a lot of people do support me in football and everything else so I've got to count myself lucky to have that many followers and it's something that I'm I suppose still getting used to <laughs> Does that mean you have to react to interactive fans quite a bit? Uh, yeah it's not that I have to I, to be fair I, I love talking about football I think you might get from a lot of my tweets I'm a big Man United fan and I love watching games and stuff so I, kinda, I do like interacting with people who want to talk about football as well so it's something that I'm happy to do Um it's something I suppose when I first signed up for Twitter I wasn't that big and I because I hadn't got a clue how to use it to be more than that but now obviously I'm I kinda I know how to use everything and uh, it's just it's a bit of crack obviously to be able to go on and interact with fans and, and talk to people about football because it's something that, that generally genuinely interests me, you know what I mean? We even seen you interacting with fans at the Euros. Yeah, yeah. To be fair the Euros was class um, with a few met a few people and a lot of the, a lot of them were very good to me. It was funny. It was it was good to be able to to interact with Irish fans. Obviously, I'm a big supporter of the men's team as well, and I went to a couple of the games. So it was nice to be able to get over and, and enjoy that with with Irish fans too. You'd like to just play in the Aviva one day, actually, for Ireland, would you? Um, I suppose so. Yeah, I think obviously, I suppose we all know that we're not going to fill out the Aviva. I think I love, I enjoy playing in Tallaght Stadium, as you said before. The fans that we get to that are. Crowds are getting bigger and bigger, but um, obviously I think if, as I said before, we get successful and we start winning games, we might be able to uh, encourage more fans to come and watch. And if that happens, then obviously playing the Aviva could be an option. But for now, I think I'm happy enough to play in Halle and, and try and get sell out crowds there rather than trying to sell out the Aviva. It's great to see Stephanie talk so well about Colin Bell. Thankfully, I've been lucky enough to meet him once or twice. He seems like a great person and he seems to have the girls' respect, which is key, I think, going forward, considering such a disappointing campaign the last time. Okay, so next up, we'll be joined by Rihanna Jarrett. 14 months out injured. You must be <laughs> just itching to get back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long road, longer than the last few times, but um, I suppose hopefully it'll benefit me this time that I've taken my time. And I've actually been lucky that the season only kicked off um, start of March so I haven't missed too many games and hopefully I won't miss too many more How has it been though watching off on the sidelines it must be killing you um, Yeah it's tough but um, I suppose I've probably gotten used to it now at this stage um, obviously I'm itching to get back in I'm at every game more or less like uh, unless I genuinely can't go so like it's tough watching the girls play it's grand when they're winning <clears throat> but obviously when things aren't going well like the short season it was tough to watch on from the sideline alright We'll discuss that in a few moments. But just you're on yourself, you've been at the back in the gym quite a lot. Have you been looking at just putting on more strength, more muscle? 
Um, yeah, well, obviously after ACL surgery, you lose a lot of muscle on both legs because for the first couple of weeks, you're not really prohibited to do much. So, um, so that's probably been one of my main focuses to build up the strength in the muscles surrounding the knee on both legs. Obviously, I've done <clears throat> my ACL three times, so twice on my right, once on my left. So I have to look after both legs. Um, so that's kind of been one of the main focuses at the minute anyway. Has it been a bit weird though, working on the other leg just now? Um, I would say it's been weird. It's kind of adapted differently. Um, I am right footed, so I found it easier when I done my right leg to do all the exercises, the jumping, the landing. Um, even though my left would be the leg I'm standing on most, the leg I'm landing on most, um, still kind of reacted differently. I don't know whether that's more mentally after doing it twice already that I'm more aware of it, or I'm not really sure. But they always say though that your dominant leg is the one that it'll recover easier. It's easier to do exercises on. Yeah, that's true as well. But like if you look at, as you said, the short season it was very disappointing. What can you put your finger on? What went wrong, or was it just one of them seasons? Um, I suppose there was a number of factors. I mean, if you look at the season before when we won the league, um, obviously I hadn't played much, but we'd lost five girls throughout the season with ACL injuries. I mean, there was. Mary Rose Kelly was the first one in the cup final in the Aviva. Um, then I did mine. Um, Kira Rossler done hers. Um, Adele Kennedy done hers. And then Rufahi done hers as well in the playoff game to win the title. And then kind of throughout the summer. So when you're losing, I suppose, four starters from the season before. And in a short period of time, we, were, we weren't able to replace them. So that's definitely a key factor as to why you could say things went the way they did. It must have been very disappointing because especially you went into the season defending league champions and defending cup, champ- cup champions and neither went well for you at all. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a disappointing season all around. Um, but I suppose sometimes teams need something like that to kind of bring them back down to reality. But just they need a knockback so they can get going again. And I feel that we've made a strong start to the season this year. Obviously, the result last weekend against Cork, we wouldn't have been too happy with but. I feel that as the season goes on, all teams are going to take points off of each other, so it's going to be a long season and it's one I'm looking forward to. Was that Cork game just a one-off bad performance or were Cork just excellent on the day? Um, I suppose it was a tale of two halves. I mean, if you look at the first half performance, if you watch the highlights, we should have been 5 or 6 nil up. Um, and then I suppose the start of the second half, they caught us within 30, 40 seconds and we never recovered. I mean, credit to the two girls playing for Cork, um, Serge Noonan and Claire Stein. I mean, their link-up play is phenomenal and they did cause us troubles, but we do feel that we should have done better in preventing that. But look, we've gone away. We've had um, this weekend, last weekend off and we're gearing towards the, the cup game against Shells now on Saturday night. Like, you look at Claire Shine, many people say she's probably been one of the best signs of the window, getting her back from Glasgow. Yeah, I mean, she has great experience from being in and around the Irish teams from she was a young age. And as you just said, playing in Glasgow, I mean, it's a it's a great signing for Cork to get. And I mean, they are improving year on, year out. It's never an easy game, especially when you go down there. So you'll be expecting results from them throughout the season. I mean, the first day of the season, they held shells to a draw in the Morton Stadium. So they hit the ground running from then, really. That was actually a game that they would have been <coughs> extremely disappointed to lose. It was a 90-second minute equaliser from Shelbourne. Yeah, I remember watching that, all right. I was following it on Twitter. <laughs> that, just, that, just, that just shows you how competitive they got. And then you look at even Galway yesterday against UCD Waves. That would, well, just to say that we're recording this on Monday afternoon, but that would have been Galway's only their second win in Dublin, their first ever win against UCD Waves. That shows that even Galway are competitive now. Yeah, that's a great win for them, especially on the road. Um, I suppose coming off the back of the short season, you would have been expecting, like Galway were growing throughout that season, you would have expected them to have a better start but I mean as you said it's still early days there's still two rounds of fixtures to go so I'd be expecting big things from them um, both on the road and especially up there in Amy DC Park as well How important is it though that you win your home games you've seen now you have lost two in the bounce at home I think the home form could be more important than the away form this season I mean your home ground is a place where teams should fear to come I mean you should be well used to playing on it over the years it should be a place where you shouldn't really drop points and obviously UCD will be disappointed to lose to Galway and then I suppose to lose 4-3 to Wexford Youth a couple of weeks ago as well and um, that's definitely something that they're going to have to look at but I mean I suppose 
with teams picking up points against other teams on the road, they'll obviously be hopeful that they can travel to places and pick up points as well. That's actually the second time in a row that UCD Waves have lost 4-3 to Wexford Utes in, in Jackson Park, where they've been leading late on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from a Wexford perspective, that's great. I mean, they show a never-die attitude uh, to come back from behind to, to get the win. I remember remember the, the game in the short season, um, young Orla Casey scored an absolute cracker to seal, seal the game in, in nine minutes. And then even the game there a couple of weeks ago, um, Wexford fought until the very end, and I thought they were value for the win in the end. Orla Casey, she was actually missing that recent game away with the Ireland under-17s. It's great to see that more, more Wexford players are getting international recognition. Yeah, I mean, we've been fortunate enough over the seasons that we have had players in uh, 17s, 19s and senior level, if you look at Clara Reardon, who's still in around the ranks. Um, obviously, we were delighted to see Orla Casey back in with the 17s. She missed the elite phases through injury. So we were delighted to see that she had recovered and they've still selected her for the finals. Yeah, and like you speak about you speak about the internationals, like as you said, you've had Stu Woods also have Jess Jess Gleason would have been in around the squad yourself before you got injured. There's a lot more and even more players like Emma Hansby, there's plenty of capabilities within the Wexford side that could push on to international levels this year. Yeah, I mean we've definitely got the players that are capable, it's just about getting them back to their best, I suppose, at the minute. Um and then hopefully they can get the recognition that they deserve. Obviously, everyone's hopeful at the fact that Colin Bell is the new manager. He wouldn't have seen much of anybody. So he's going around watching games, trying to make an opinion for himself. So the National League games are a perfect platform for players to go and show what they can do against the best players in this country. And then hopefully they'll be able to establish themselves in and around the international setups, whether that be under 17s, 19s or senior level. We have players at all levels. I've actually seen him twice twice this weekend at two different games. That shows yourself, as you're just talking about, that he's actually trying to get himself his own opinion. But just on yourself, how long are we looking for before we see Rihanna Jarrah back on the pitch? Um, well, obviously we have a break coming up in the season, uh, mid-season break. So I'm hope, hoping two or three weeks after the break. Um, obviously, depending on how training goes in the next six to eight weeks, um, still got a bit to do fitness-wise. And then obviously just introducing myself into full sessions with the team. But um, hopefully the next six to eight weeks will go well and I'll be able to start contending for the Wexford Youth Squad. Does it help having your good friend Kira Rossiter? You see the two of you on the sideline always having fun together. Does it help having her along the process with you? Ah, yeah, it's it's never an easy road when you're by yourself. Um, so obviously me and, me and Kira, we bounce off each other. We've played together for years. Um, we've also got Adele Kennedy back in the setup. She's down there with us as well. So I don't think she's too far off her return either. And also Ruth Fahey is now coming back down in and around the the training sessions to get her own rehab done as well. So there's four of us there at the minute, I suppose. It's never easy doing it by yourself. So when you have a friend, especially somebody you get on with, it's it's a lot easier. And we do have the four of us now at the minute. So hopefully we can bring each other on. A lot of people are really talking about Adele Kennedy, saying she's looking fantastic, both physic- both in her physical shape. She's, the people are saying she's dropped a lot. of She's more conditioned. She'd be ready to go again. She was probably one of the biggest losses in the central midfield for your side. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, like I don't think there's anyone in the country who can play that whole midfield role like Adele can defensively. Um, I think she's the best out there. And ultimately, she was probably one of our biggest losses because we didn't have anyone to replace her in that area. Um, I mean, she's flying fit at the minute, but I suppose that's Adele all around. She always has been. Um, she'll work hard. She'll run all day. And... Obviously, she's had time to focus on certain things now, her ball work and stuff. And I just feel that hopefully once she's back, she'll be flying and she'll hit the ground running. Is it fair to say that many people would have looked at her as just the engine room of the Wexford youth side, but now that she's had this time off, she can really focus on her skills and a little bit more and maybe could even eventually pull herself into an international record? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. I definitely feel like she has a lot more to bring to the table and I'm actually looking forward to seeing her back in the ranks, especially looking forward to seeing her back in training. Um, obviously, that's where you notice things, uh, the smaller detail. So um, I think she'll hit the ground running. I think she'll be a force to be reckoned with. And I don't see why not if she puts the performances and plays well, that an inter- international call-up might be too far away. Just looking at this weekend, um, all the big cup games that, you, that Wexford Youth seem to play, they all seem to be in Dublin. 
<laughs> so look, it's only a spin up the M50, so it's not too bad, I suppose. It's a big game, though, isn't it? Uh, it is. Oh, any game is a big game, but I suppose especially youths and shells, we love playing against each other. Um, doesn't matter what competition it's in, so both sets of players and management will be looking forward to it. Especially coming back, considering we've played each other, I think it was two, was two three weeks ago, and Wexford Youth came back from 2 0 down to grab a draw. Shelburne be out for revenge? Um, yeah, they definitely wouldn't have been happy to to settle for a point after being 2 0 up, but that was another game which was a tale of two halves. Um, they were valued for their money in the first half, but we feel that if we probably maybe hadn't had another five or ten minutes, we maybe could have nicked the winner. But then again, so could they. Um, so I suppose a point was probably even money on the day but yeah um, they'll be out to get us just like they always are just like no one likes to lose to each other so it should be a battle it should be a good game hopefully Is it fair to say that a lot of our Wexford youth performance this season have been possibly a tale of two halves because you've seen UCD you spoke about Cork and Shelburne you've started off maybe not great but the second half performance has been the key Yeah I suppose that can be said about a good few of our games um, uh, we seem to start slow and then kind of get into it so I suppose we're still kind of looking for that perfect performance in two halves so that's something that we're definitely gearing towards something that we're looking at and then hopefully we can bring it this Saturday Just moving away though from the club football you look at the Ireland under 17 recently in the European Championships it's seven years since you, your own side was in the European Championships that was probably one of the best experiences for an underage side in Ireland, in Ireland. Oh that was... I can't even begin to describe how phenomenal that was a, of an experience. I mean, 15, 16-year-old girls playing in a European final, first and foremost. We were unlucky to lose on penalties to Spain, but we still qualified for the Under-17 World Cup um, in Trinidad and Tobago. And we made it to the quarter-final where we feel we were unlucky to lose out 2-1. Um, Japan got a penalty decision. It was never a penalty. An absolutely fantastic tackle by Megan Campbell. But um, I suppose just that whole experience itself is one that I'll never forget, and I'm sure the rest of the girls are the same. It's mad to think, though, you've been a Germany side that a, lot of, a good few of them players went on to be capped at senior international level. They hadn't been beaten at that stage, that age group. I know, it's it's madness. I mean, I suppose from the day one when we were in under Noel and Harry, um, the first thing they said to us um, when we were in in the summer of 2009 was, what are you here for? And from that day, we had it in our head that we were going to win a medal. And... Ultimately, we did, and we were lucky enough that it was a World Cup year, so we could <coughs> carry on our journey. But um, to beat that Germany side who hadn't lost a game in many years at under-17 level, that was phenomenal. An absolutely smashing free kick by Megan Campbell. I mean, there are sights and, and things you'll never forget. I think it went viral all over Ireland, didn't it? <laughs> it did, that's for sure, yeah. The video was everywhere. It's mad, though, if you're just looking at that Ireland squad in particular from the European Championship game against Germany. Canada squad have been capped at senior level. Yeah, I suppose when you put it like that, there have been a number of that squad in at different stages. Um, so that was an achievement in itself. And obviously a few girls have gone on different pathways now, but um, I still think the girls can get back into it as well. Like even you look at some of the players in the squad, you've got your main Campbells, who's just won the FA Cup with City. Denise O'Sullivan doing very well in America. Like, players have really made a success story out of that group. Yeah, I mean, looking at Megan, she's had a horrid time with injuries last year as well, so it was great to see her back on the field starting in the FA Cup final and absolutely two smashing assists by her as well. But we all know what Megan is capable of is just getting her on the pitch and keeping her there. Um, I mean, her talent has never been questioned. She's just been unfortunate with injuries the past couple of years. And uh, I suppose Denise is the poster girl for success. I mean, she's absolutely flying out in America. But Denise is your professional. Lives, breeds, eats, eats soccer. One of the final things that I have to ask you is, you were giving Megan Campbell some stick your day about the accent. <laughs> I suppose she went to America for a couple of years and she came back with a Florida twang. She's in Manchester for a year and now she's sounding like a bank. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's just something we have going on. I mean, she was in college in Cairo when I was in first year. She was in second year. Coming off the back of a third ACL injury, it's quite remarkable to see that Rihanna Jarrett is still extremely positive. I remember interviewing her not too long after she had done it the third time and she said she wasn't willing she wasn't willing to give up. So it's great to see that she's making the recovery and I look forward to seeing her back on the pitch in the near future. Now it's time to speak to another girl who missed quite a lot of last season. It's Nadine Ryan from Oakland University. It must have been quite hard to leave home at such a young age to head abroad in a scholarship. It definitely was. I mean like 
to be honest, from a very young age, I was always big into traveling and I liked to go and see places. But um, I kind of knew that it would be hard, but I didn't expect it to be as hard as I as it, ca- it came out to be at the start. I'd say it took me about six weeks to get over homesick when I first went over there. But um, only then, like, you start realizing what's around you and you start, like, appreciating it more. So you don't really, you become used to it kind of thing. And, um, yeah, then the next time I went over, it wasn't too bad. But it was, it took me only, it didn't take me that long, not six weeks to get over homesick. But it was it was still tough. But I, I don't find it hard anymore. You must have been very ha- apprehensive. You're only 18 at the stage. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a big move. I mean, like, I kept putting it off coming up to the day, thinking that it wasn't going to come. But it did. And it was definitely a shock to the system when I got over there without, without the, the family, the mammy to look after me. <laughs> you can definitely see that you're a real mammy's girl. <laughs> yeah, I am indeed. Just looking at like when you go when you go over there, facilities are completely different to what you'd have available in Ireland, though, aren't they? Oh yeah, they're absolutely phenomenal. I mean, everything is well kept from the grass being cut every week and marked, and then the physio facilities are absolutely like fantastic. Every like athletes get athletes get so many privileges over there. It's unbelievable. The amount of money they spend on them is ridiculous. <laughs> It's, it's a lot different than back home where the, the, the girls on scholarships are basically at the college fees and a little bit of money yeah. here and there. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely something else now. It's definitely an experience I'd recommend anyone to give a go anyways. You've really embraced the whole American side of things, going to watch all the different sports. You must love getting out and watching, because I've seen you being on volleyball, things like that. So you must love going to sports over there. Oh yeah, no, no. I love meeting new people um, to widen up my contacts, you know, for the future and stuff. Um, but no, like I, I'm a real people person, so I didn't have any trouble settling or making friends and stuff. So like, we're all good friends with all the other teams, like volleyball and men's soccer and basketball and stuff. So we're all we're all very close as like as a whole um union kind of thing, athletic union. So like, we all look after each other and we all like go out and play games kind of just to bond more, you know, whenever we can. You look at, though, the, the sports students over there, they're really looked on as college heroes, aren't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we're, we're told uh, we're told that um, athletes is where the college gets their money. I mean, like, you can, the athletes make a fortune for colleges over there, like competing in the NCAA tournament, winning the, the championships and stuff like that. So, like, they kind of... There's a reason why they have privileges as well, so it's they bring the most money into the skill, keep it running. Not many people know that you actually took last season off. That must have been a hard choice. Oh yeah, it it, it was. It was very hard. I, I was upset for a good while about it. Um, it was the best decision in the end because by the time I got over there, the leaving cert results came out so late, you see, and I missed like the whole of preseason and the the start of. The first game first two games of the season so when I got over there I had a good L chat and like by the time I got over my jet lag and settled in and got to know the girls names I was halfway through the season and um I just I didn't want to waste a whole year of football for well I think there was four games left by the time I was full fully fit to play and just coming back from the injury as well the my foot being broke there last year um, so I just felt it was the best decision to like to make, but I wasn't my favourite. But in the end, I'll get five years out of this college now rather than four, so that'd be good. So in the end, it worked. It's working out more beneficial for you than people will actually realise. Yes, it is. Yeah. Just looking the season ahead, you say the NCAA is always the biggest one in America. It's a really competitive soccer season over there, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. You're playing up to nearly two, three games a week. I mean, like it's it's kind of um, it's it's not fair how the season is very short. I mean, like that's how everyone gets many injuries, like the ACLs and all. I mean, like you're not getting enough rest time between each game. Um, it's so short, but it's very competitive. Like you could have up to a couple hundred people at each game, and games are being televised. And the the media over there for the games is is fantastic, and the support as well. Have you had to deal with the local media? <laughs> no, not yet. I I read sure this year, so 
is a rule that red shirts like don't um don't necessarily I don't know like kind of do interviews and stuff like that you know it'd be just something it wouldn't be something you'd be interested in on a regular basis now <laughs> probably not I like to stick to myself and work in the gym rather than being hounded out of it by media. <laughs> would you would you come up against the likes of Megan Connolly this season when Florida State? Um, we I'd only come across her in the NCAA tournament. She's not in the same conference as I am because there's different conferences for for different parts of America. She's not my conference, but if we were to um, hopefully if we qualify for the NCAA, maybe get to the Sweet Sixteen, we'll come across Megan Connolly. <laughs> The likes of herself and Megan Campbell are really shown that Irish girls can make it at the top level in college football in America, aren't they? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the two of them are absolutely fantastic players. They have very good talents, very dedicated and great role models for future footballers in Ireland, definitely. I think if we just look away from college football, you're back home now at the moment. I think last weekend you may have picked the wrong game to go to. The weather wasn't very friendly. You wouldn't have been used to that weather, would you? No, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. I just went to see the old team play, you know, and catch up with a few friends from being away so long. And definitely, the weather caught me. It was gorgeous that day, but I'll tell you something, I was drenched going home. Just talking about the Kenny itself, like many people read the scoreline of nine nil. I know a lot of things didn't go possibly their way on Saturday. But they're actually on a lot, better, a lot better side than that, and they've shown that again with decent results against Cork. Galway where they've been losing by maybe a goal yeah yeah no no like the the scoreline doesn't really reflect on how could Kenny play I mean like if, if you watch them like it's it's just little silly things that are easily fixed if you know what I mean um, like so the, towards the end of the game that's where most most goals are conceded that's due to the fitness or something maybe and like like Kenny have like a good structure to the team like on the field it's just um it's just the, the little bits that are easily fixed, like the, the little silly things that um, catch us, catch them anyways. But like, Hopefully that'll be a fix. But like from, from going there and there yourself, they really are competing against sports like Camogie, the main dominant sport in the county. Oh yeah, definitely. They're, they're, um, they're probably the best hurlers in the country, <laughs> without a doubt. Like it shows that soccer really isn't possibly maybe one of the main sports down there. But just looking, you've also had other success. Well, I wouldn't say nationally, but more FAI Cup. You're part of one of the famous Shells teams that made the Intermediate Cup to the All Ireland uh, FAI Cup semi finals as a junior club. That must have been quite uh, an achievement. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, that's probably one of my favourite memories in soccer and football here in Ireland. No, it was definitely a one experience that was. I mean, like playing Shells National League and the, the scoreline wasn't great, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I mean, like it was. I thought personally it was a fantastic experience and great to have underneath the belt, you know. I don't think the last time I've given a goalkeeper a man man of the match when she's when they've conceded four goals in that game than I had to for you. I think they made twenty <laughs> shutting saves in the game. Yeah, I think it was twenty twenty three, I think it was twenty three uh, saves in total in the game. But it was I wasn't happy myself actually with the the goals I conceded. They were pretty uh not good standards. Uh, easy, easy stocked basically. But um, you know, you never have a perfect game. But just looking at that shell side, it's fair to say if Rohini and Shelburne hadn't emerged, that that shell side might have been quite competitive in the national league themselves. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the talent coming up in shells is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so many, so many girls now are like trying to compete and get into that National League squad and stuff. I think personally Shells would have had the talent on them or on their own to be very successful. But now with the merger Heaney, I mean like it won't be long before they're dominating everything. I let you I let you put your neck on the line. Shelburne, big game the weekend against Wexford Utes. Do you see a, do you see a home win? I, I definitely see a tough game now. I'm I'm gonna go to myself now and have a look at it. But I, I think it'd be I think hopefully it'd be a close game. I'm I think Shells can pull it off. Have you looked at maybe when you're back home? So I know you're home for quite a while now. At possibly getting in training somewhere at one of the clubs. Have you looked at things like that just to keep yourself sharp for when you go back for pre-season? Oh yeah, I've been talking to um one or two clubs now. 
um, not in the sentence zone yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking to play. You know, just train for, train with a team to you know keep me sharp and stuff. So that should be um, up and running now over the next few days. Just in terms of, you're looking at say now you're in the nineteen structure has got just gone past. You would have been you'd be finished on the nineteens now. You got back into the squad recently in Spain for the friendlies, and then you were forced to pull out the elite phases. That must have been extremely disappointed, especially after getting back in, having not been part of the first round of the qualifiers. I oh, yeah, no, and devastating isn't the word for. It. I mean, I mean, like I was all good until I get my got my MRI results, and there was a strain in my my rotator cuff in my shoulder, um, which. I mean, like, I was told that I could play if necessary, but I am risking of maybe tearing it and having then end up having surgery. So, like, I had a long, long think about it, and I talked to a few friends about it as well, and they were very helpful. And I, I came to the conclusion that it wouldn't be fair for an injured player to you know, be selfish and go into that camp. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to jeopardise the chances of getting to the finals over... Um, I know wanting, let's say, to just to play for my country. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, it was it was absolutely devastating, and having to tell him broke my heart. But it was for the better for the team and for myself. I mean, like I was getting physio every day, and what I would have just probably done worse because I wouldn't have been able to train and stuff, and then it wouldn't have been fair on the team at home. To have a player out, you know what I mean. Just looking at it, it must have been disappointing. The girls must have been extremely disappointed that they didn't qualify, especially being the top seeds at home. Oh yeah, no, no I was, I was very surprised to um, see the results now, but it was upsetting to see out from over there and knowing that I, you know, I could have been there to support and stuff. But unlucky, um, unlucky enough, it's the results say it all. <laughs> Unfortunately, would you look to when maybe when you're finished college, is there an option that you'd maybe like to stay in America after that? If the opportunity arises, I will definitely consider it because, um, I don't know, like it depends on what's, what's over here now at the end of my four or five years or how long I'm staying there. Uh, whatever is available, I'll, I will take into consideration and make a, make a decision then when the time comes. It's always great speaking to players, especially ones who have gone to the States and other places around Europe, and particularly Nadine. She was only young when she left, so it's interesting to hear how she had to make decisions for herself, and she, she looked upon guidance instead of making them herself. Finally, before we conclude tonight's show, we will bring you audio from James O'Callaghan and Billy Cleary. James O'Callaghan, back to one away today. Must be pleased. Yeah, absolutely delighted. You know, we're coming off the back of two defeats, so it was very important we put in a good performance and got a good result tonight, which we did. Bit of a um, mad conditions to play the first half, to say the least. Yeah, the weather was atrocious. It kind of gets like that up in female every now and then, you know. Um, but, you know, the girls, these just dug in with the rain um, you know they put in a very good performance we were trailing up at half time but I thought you know in fairness to Kilkenny um, I thought cleaning she had the back was very good for them um, you know they looked dangerous in the first 10-20 minutes but we just proved to be more clinical taking our chances and uh, you know as I said a 3-0 a half uh, three nil at half time. I think it was two nil at the time, and they hit the post as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they, they looked really good. That's what I'm delighted with the overall result at the end of the, at the end of the game. Because Kilkenny, you know, they, they they've been doing well in, in previous games. They've been very close. Um, you know, so I was absolutely delighted with the result at the end. They're definitely not a nine-nil team, though. No, no. And as I said, the first twenty minutes, you know, it could have been they could have got a goal. And then the start of the second half, they looked dangerous. I think they hit the post. Um, so, you know, it, was, it looked quite dangerous at times. But as I said, it was very important for us. Our girls were really up for it tonight. You know, as I said, coming off the back of two defeats, it was very important we put in a really good performance. And, you know, and the girls were very clinical tonight. It was really um, good to watch. Despite the first half weather, you really tried to play football. The girls tried to keep the ball down as much as possible. Yeah, you know, it was hard. It was hard in the first half of that rain. Um, but in the second half, you know, it was, the sun came out, you know, and it was a lot easier to get some good passes to play in. 
some great competition between uh, Amber and Megan towards the light on. When Amber got a hat-trick, Megan was looking for her own. Some great competition. That spurs them on. The, you can see the competitive side even amongst themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Amber and Megan will be very competitive. And Megan is a very is a good creative player. Um, so tonight, especially the second half, she really um, put a bit of a show on. Megan, she was really good tonight. I was really happy with her. Fair to say, probably her best performance in the Pima jersey. Um, yeah, I think from an attacking point of view, it was our, our best performance, yeah. Yeah. Eleanor Royal Doyle seems to have dropped a lot deeper now, if you like. Yeah, well, today she dropped a bit deeper um, because we had Megan in the 10, so we Ellie dropped a bit. That's, but that's no bother to Ellie. Ellie's a very good midfielder as well as a good, very good uh, attacking player. Um, so no no bother to, to Ellie. Is that good the way you have the options, especially? You can even see the wingers, see options on the wings as well. We've seen Megan was out more towards the wing last week, and this week she's in the centre. So you have options all around the park in the middle. Yeah, well, there's a lot. Of, well, there's a, you have a good squad, and um, there's a lot of competition for places and there's some players on the bench um, who didn't didn't get their game today um, and we, we had to rest one or two players as well for various reasons um, so there's a lot of competition you know a lot of girls do really really want to do well and it's great to see um, you know there's seven games five wins two defeats so over them seven games the girls they've been really great and um, it really means a lot to them you know they put a lot of effort in and um, you know so it was great to see the results tonight for them disappointing now not to have a game until the end of June well it's probably it's a big break because um, we're out of shield and uh, we got a boy in the, the League Cup which is, which was nice we're in the semis already um, but you know it's a welcome break we're going to give the girls a week off because um, a lot of the girls doing the leaving cert and the college exams are finishing so you know it's a, they deserve it um, but after the week we go straight back in and prepare for our next match which will be against Shelbourne um, and as I say Shelbourne good win today they're getting momentum again um, for me they're a really really good side so uh, you know we're going to prepare as best we can get ready for that game Thank you very much for your time. Billy Carey, here after a huge victory for your side, you must be absolutely thrilled. I'm delighted. Um, look, the first round of games, I suppose it was a learning curve for myself. And, um, you know, UCD are a very good side. You know, they're a good few internationals. And we're probably on the opposite end of the spectrum. So I suppose we came up with a game plan that set up a way to stop UCD first and foremost. And we knew we'd get our chances, you know, during the game. And I thought we'd done that. You know, we limited... UCD to uh, only a few chances really and we had a, a number that was an offside decision in the first half that uh, was borderline I thought and um, but look I'm not, not going to mask over at and UCD much better football inside but the girls they showed great character great endeavour they battled right to the end and um, I think we got our reward in the end the goal arrived just at the right time an excellent run for Lisa Castley before she found Sinead Taylor and Sinead is one of them players she's not going to miss if you give her the opportunity yeah look Sinead is a big asset to us you know she's just look we got you know 55 minutes out of her last week again we got another 70 minutes out of this week Sinead hasn't played football you know in over a year year and a half and um, she's just getting back to fitness now so she's she look she's a goal scorer she's a handful she can hold the ball up and um, even against the best teams and best defenders she's an asset to us but um, overall I think you know a good team performance I thought th the back four were excellent good goalkeeper um, I thought Saif Dial was unbelievable in the middle of the park um, for us so um, yeah delighted you know but it's three points at the end of the day we're trying to push the push up the table we're looking at that third place finish I think outside of Shelburne UCD there's very little between any of the other teams in the league and we want to be top of that pile you're, you say you talk about your back four. They were relentless today, weren't they? They never gave UCD an inch. I don't think I can really recount in the second half of time that Tina Hughes was really tested. Yeah, well, it's look, it's a thing that's happened. That's our first clean sheet of the season. We've conceded a lot of goals. We've worked a lot on it. Just basically getting caught flat, one ball over the top, catching us. And look, even even last week against Shells, look. It was 2-1 up to 22 minutes to go in the game. And after we conceded the third goal, you know, the floodgates sort of opened. Maybe the heads went down. But today, concentration levels were spot on. You know, there was never a case where any of the UCD players got in one-on-one -on -one with our keeper. I think, you know, overall, we contained them well. But saying that, UCD are a good side. Um, I'm not going to turn around here and tell you that we played UCD off the pitch because we didn't. It was all the other. We done the dirty work, the will, the desire, the will to win. That's the things that the girls showed today, and we got a reward for it. 
having Kira Cormac and back around on the panel must be a huge boost. Yeah, Ken, like I'm sure it's look I can tell you, look, we've been missing a number of players all season. But look, we have, but I'm sure the other squads have as well. Like Sinead is just getting back. Kira hopefully should be fit to you know, fit for selection next week. Um, you know, Megan Carroll now was out injured for us for a while as well. And there's a number of girls there last year, like Ellie Ellie Rose Flaherty is injured again. Hopefully we'll have her back during the summer. So they're big players for us. You know, we don't have the pool of players they have in Dublin. So big players for us missing for three or four weeks is a big loss to the team. So hopefully we can build on this, get everyone back match fit and we'll put it up to any team. On a personal note, how have you found the transition into uh, managing the National League? Yeah, listen, I was, look, I've done the Galway United under 20s, you know, done Collingwood teams in the colleges level, under 15s, Kennedy Cups. It's it's a change, there's no doubt about it, but um, I can't question any of the girls' endeavour, their desire, their will, their attitude and training is spot on. Um, everything I've asked them, they've done, you know, and it's just, I suppose, <laughs> it's how you deal with players more than anything. I suppose you can't be as uh, upfront with, with, with young women as you can with fellas, you know. But um, yeah, look, I'm really enjoying it, I have to say, and the girls in the club are spot on. We're there, we're a work in progress, we've a lot to do, but we'll get there. The people behind the club are very positive and everything I've asked them to do or help with, they've, they've done and they're going above and beyond. So it's, it's, it's up to ourselves now to push on. Um, there's a lot of work to be done in Galway trying to get more local players and developed players within our catchment area to play for the club. Um, so I've no doubt we'll get there. But as in my experience of women's football, I'm delighted. I've actually took the job and accepted the job. Um, I'm, every time we go train, I look forward to it. And it, the girls are a pleasure to work with, but uh, the pleasure comes with winning as well. You know, I'm competitive, I want to win. I don't want to be down the bottom. I don't want to get me bet 5-1. I want to be winning. I don't mind winning dirty. You know, getting results on the board, you know, is what, what we're about. And we want to be competitive and we want to be up the top end of the table. Thank you very much for your time. And that's a wrap for the Women's National League show. If you have any queries or comments, please don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter at the WNL show or you can email the WNL show at gmail.com. I've been your host, Aaron Clark, and thank you for listening.